What's up? What's up, everybody? I am Janaya Tashe, your host for the Flavor in Your Ear podcast, also known as the most five podcast where we're discussing real music, real life, and real talk. You can catch us every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. for an all-new, real, funny episode. And also, we'll be including some music plugins from your favorite local and underground artists. So if you're an artist and you're listening to this, go ahead and shoot us an email at 5podcast at gmail.com. That's F-I-Y-E podcast at gmail.com. And trust me, when you forget about y'all that like to tweet, go ahead and add us on Twitter at 5podcast. That's F-I-Y-E podcast. It's important that you follow us, y'all. A lot of our topics are going to be coming from what you're talking about on Twitter. So go ahead and add us so we can get to talking. What's up? What's up, y'all? It's Janiyah Tashe here, and this is another episode of the Flavor In Your Ear podcast. This is episode 11, and this one is called It's Okay. We're going to be talking about mental health this episode, and I'm really excited because I have some beautiful ladies with me who are going to share their experience, who's very knowledgeable on the subject of mental health, and I'm hoping that they drop some great gems, which I know they already will, but they're going to drop some gems. Um, So just make sure you keep listening to the Flavor In Your Ear podcast every single Wednesday, and without further ado, I want my ladies to introduce themselves. Hi. (laughs) Hey, tell them your name. I'm Sydney. Hi, Sid. <laughs> hey, y'all. So I'm Tierra, but I go by T. Um, follow me on IG because you know I already hey. know. My sister's famous, so go T ahead and follow me. In. Right. She is golden. What's up? Hey, you want to go ahead and drop your Insta while you at it, Sid? I mean, I can. The sweetest Sid, you know. Hey. Follow me. Let's do it. Okay, so little backstory. Both of these beautiful ladies are my sisters. My <laughs> sisters. Um, and it's just been so amazing ever since I've met these ladies. I know Sydney a little bit longer, but... Ever since I've met both of these young ladies, like, my life has definitely been so much better. I love my sister so oh, much. I love you too, <laughs> Right. Back get on this subject. Right. <laughs> get emotional. But, okay, back on this subject, mental health. First, I want both of you guys to explain to me, like, how broad mental health is. Because a lot mm-hmm. of people think when they hear mental health, they either think, like, anxiety or they think bipolar. They just have this one type of mm-hmm. um, symptom or whatever in their mind. Talk about how broad it is and how it could be different. Um, for every every person and maybe even your experiences. So for me, um, yeah, like I said, it's it's very broad. Um, like one thing, people assume everybody's depressed. There's people assume everybody has anxiety. Mm, um, yeah. those are definitely diagnoses. But um, just because someone says to you they have a mental disorder, that does not necessarily mean okay they oh so you're depressed. No, right. that that doesn't mean that. Mm. And I feel like that is one of those stigmas. Um, people always assume it's those. Um, do a lot of people struggle with those? Yes. Are those more more common diagnosis? Yes. But um, yeah, I just stray away from that. Um, I know my personal diagnosis is neither depression nor um, anxiety. Um, so yeah, I would say going with the open mind. It's it is broad. There are so many. I mean, the DSM five. Sorry, I'm also a psych minor, but <laughs> it, it's a whole book for a reason. Like the book does not just have three. Um, so, I mean, there's a, so many disorders that you should, as a, I feel like as a competent individual should take the time mm. to so learn and be more knowledgeable. Should, oh yeah. yeah. No Absolutely. doubt. Take out their, their time to learn about this. Absolutely. Cause I feel like that's, what's going to make people understand each other. Mm-hmm. Cause once you start assuming and you have this little stereotype of, Hmm, I think I know what this is. Cause I've seen right, it or I've heard right. about it, but it's just like, uh, check your sources. Cause nine times out of 10, 
the person you heard it from wasn't knowledgeable on what it was either. Exactly. So and even then, just, you know, when you do get your information, do not self-diagnose. Mm. Um, I feel like a lot of people, they might have a friend or a family member with the diagnosis. And because um, they aren't that knowledgeable and there are they are on the outside, they might say, oh, that person must be depressed. Or, oh, my gosh, maybe I'm depressed. Like, no, you know, um, do it more for the knowledge. Don't try to do it to self-diagnose. Um, yeah. That's just my perspective. Okay. When I went to school, I started as a psych major. Mm-hmm. And I realized that that wasn't what I was passionate about, that I was actually going to learn more about stuff that I dealt with. Right. So I ended up keeping it as a minor, but that's when I learned how broad it was. Like, that's when I really got to dig deep. Like you said, like the DSM-5 mm-hmm. is full of different disorders. And now tell me about that, because I'm looking at y'all like the what, the what, what? <laughs> okay. So tell me, and you said it's a book. Yeah, yeah, you, you want to go okay. to that? You can go into it. Okay, so basically the DSM-5, so there are, there's like the DSM-1, DSM-2, dsm so it's Three. different volumes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And it updates. I don't know how ever often. I'm and now not how can people access this? Often. Is this in the library? Is it on Amazon? Do um, you... So basically, um, that's a good question. I feel like as psych minors, we kind of naturally have that access to it. However, I'm pretty sure there's something you can find online. Okay. The most recent one was in 2013. Um, but the first one came out, I want to say... 1952, but please don't quote me on that. Yes, ma'am. Oh, but, knowledge. Um, no, please don't quote me. It's been a while, around though. for a long time. And um, even psychology in itself, there are different departments of that, that clinical psychology, right. you know, developmental mm-hmm. psychology. Social psychology. The, yeah, like those even have, are, you know, more the newer ones. But um, right. it's, it's like a whole world. It really is. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like to just grab the DSM, you probably would be really confused but maybe not start with the book. Maybe just start researching different disorders you've heard of, and that will, I feel like, personally, will lead you to other disorders. Yeah, it will. Yeah. It definitely will. Facts. But, Sid, you want to continue to talk about, okay, your experience in college and your major change, so, all that kind of stuff. So I changed my major because I realized, like, I wasn't passionate about psychology. I was just interested in it to see what was going on with me because I've dealt with different mental health issues since I was younger like before 11 Mm. and I got diagnosed with chronic depression when I was in college maybe my second semester of college Mm -hmm. my freshman year and then I realized I was misdiagnosed and diagnosed with bipolar 2 disorder last February Mm. so So it was a roller coaster that been yeah yeah it's it's definitely something that's hard to swallow at first um I had to do my own research, like T was saying, mm-hmm. to get more knowledge on it. And But it made everything make sense. Like, once you have the knowledge on what you're dealing with, it makes it easier to cope with. It makes it easier to live with. And it made it easier for me to, like, explain to those close to me, like, what was going on also. Right. And, and I was about to talk about that, too. What have been the responses from your family or from your friends? I'm pretty sure you get some interesting responses. So tell me a bit, how has your family, you know, been supportive or what are their reactions as well as your friends? Okay, so um, you okay if I go first? Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad at first, I'm going to use him as an example because when I told him I was depressed my freshman year, he was like, what are you talking about? Like he had mm. no idea because – First, I've never really talked about that stuff growing up, even though I dealt with different things. But 
that might be a part of the stigma in the black family too. Like, right. You know, you don't. Sometimes you're not comfortable in the, Right. Yeah. Right. Like therapy, girl, just pray it out. No, yep. like, mm-hmm. no, I have. We're going to talk about that too. Yeah. Black people, we do have interesting ways that we go about the subject of mental health. Exactly. We're not knowledgeable as a culture as much as we should be, but continue. Exactly. continue. <laughs> no, you're completely right. So, um, but he's come like a really long way with understanding. And I think, the main reason he's come such a long way is because I've come such a long way. Mm, um, yeah. Because it's really hard to tell others, like, or ask for help when you don't even understand what's going on yourself. How you need help. Yeah. Like, help me. How? Girl, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. like it's hard. Yeah, so I guess it's it really is easier hard. to assist your families mm-hmm. and friends with, okay, what do I need to do? What, right. What's going to best suit you? Right. And yeah. as far as the bipolar 2 disorder, that's running my family. And mm-hmm. when I got diagnosed, everybody was like, oh, that makes sense. Like, <laughs> literally, uh, okay. not even yeah. trying to come from my neck that. or anything. But it's like, yeah. oh, it, it literally makes sense why your lows were so low and your highs were so high. Like, mm-hmm. which it, for those who don't know what it is, it's a cycle of lows and highs. Like, right. Yeah. Really explain to us what that is. Yes. Yeah. It's really low lows and really high highs. And the difference between bipolar two, what I have and bipolar one is the highs are really, really high in bipolar one, but they're not as high in bipolar two. It might oh, be a little okay. confusing, but... No, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. if it is, do your research, right. you know? Right. <laughs> right. Okay, so what about your friend group? How ha- how supportive are your friends? Or- My yeah. close friends are so supportive. Like, I really don't know where I would be without them, my sisters, mm. y'all. Like, yes. Like, they've been so supportive because... I explain what I got going on. They're shoulder to lean on. I can talk to them, vent when I'm in my lows. Like, they help remind me, like, why I should keep fighting. Because, yeah. honestly, when you hit a low in depression, like, your whole, like, perspective, everything is clouded. Like, mm-hmm. you're in a dark space. But at least I know I am. I know mm-hmm. that the depression varies and looks different on different people. Right. But even little tasks, like, getting out the bed is hard. Like, one time when I was in a depressive episode, my dad literally came in my room and, like, helped drag me out the bed like not in a bad way but it was like you got this like we're gonna right. go downstairs like or get some fresh air or eat or you know even mm. stuff like showering like as bad as that may sound like yeah little stuff is really hard to do when you're it's depressed real. so it makes a big difference when you have that support of people in your corner who pray for you pray with you mm. um ask you what can i do to assist you right. um remind you of the positives like things like that so they've been really supportive I mean, I just, um, I really want to go ahead and put that disclaimer out there while we are talking about it. Everybody's experience is different. Mm, Yeah. Um, Even though me and Sid will be sharing like our own experiences, this does not speak for everyone in that category. Right. Right. Um, Because at the end of the day, that's not even a mental disorder thing. Just as people, we all have different experiences. We all have different things that shape us and mold us. Yeah. Um, And also some of the things that are the tips and tricks that we will be sharing may not work for everyone. Right. Um, So that's why you'll hear me say religiously, like do your research because Mm -hmm. we can only speak from two people's experiences. We can't speak on behalf of the community. So, yeah. But personally, um, to answer your questions, so for me, when I got I got diagnosed um, in March of 2018, so it's very new for me. Mm-hmm. Um, as I got my diagnosis and worked through it, um, my mom was like my number one supporter, and I personally, to this day, have not shared my disorder with many people, and that has nothing to do with those people. It's just myself. I have never been able to easily be vulnerable with someone and easily mm-hmm. open up on such an intimate level. 
Um, so just this disorder alone has taught me to be vulnerable right. and to open up. And that it's okay right. to not be okay. Mm-hmm. And it's okay yes. to say I need help. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, like, my mom was there from the very beginning. And with my dad, on the other hand, yeah. <laughs> so I lo- look, I love that man, okay? I love my father, but right. he just... He didn't want me to accept it. He didn't accept it. And the crazy part is my disorder is heret- like it's a what's what hereditary. hereditary. It's hereditary. Yeah. Like all the disorders on my were on my dad's side. Like I have an uncle mm. with schizophrenia. I have an aunt with bipolar one disorder. Mm-hmm. I have an aunt with depression. Um, they believe my grandmother was schizophrenic. So and my dad actually had a diagnosis that my mom had to tell me. Wow. And he was diagnosed. So that's with, probably why it was it was kind of yeah, tough for him to because right. yeah. he realized like, wow, this is this is real. This right. you can't run from it. And exactly. one thing that we've talked about, you know, a couple of episodes back is there's no parenting handbook. And Dr. Thank April you. Adams told yeah. us that you know sometimes parents they fail. They don't. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? We can't. We kind of have to look at our parents as just as we're growing and learning more. Maybe I should use this as an opportunity, you know, to show my parents what it really is. But it re- yeah, no, really, I'm glad you said that though, because you know, parents make mistakes. So I don't yeah. fault him for the things he said and the things he tried to impose, his beliefs that he tried to impose on me. It was just a simple misunderstanding, and right. I was the one. Like um, I later found out that my aunts did, in later, much, much later in life, did seek out treatment due to the fact of just praying it what they say, praying Praying away, praying Praying it away wasn't working. I am the first one who have it. As soon as I got it, accepted it and took medicine and go to my therapist Mm -hmm. and do the counseling and And do the coping. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, but honestly, I think because I accepted it myself, that's why I'm out here flourishing now. Right. Right. Like (laughs) living my best life because, um, and again, this is my own experience. I personally feel like if my family members would have accepted it earlier and not have tried to quote unquote pray it away, mm. then they probably would have been in better positions themselves. Themselves. Like yeah. my uncle's schizophrenic, he does currently live in a home. Oh, and it's because yeah. it's just they prolonged it so long. And by the time Yeah. Yeah, it's really I it wouldn't say it's it, too yeah. late, but it's so much harder to come back from. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad that you mentioned a therapist too, because a lot of people mm. think that you just have to Woo-hoo. go to therapist <laughs> if you've been diagnosed it. with like a mental health illness. Mm. You can go to a therapist. Anyone can go to a Thank therapist. Let me tell you need therapy. I see my therapist every Wednesday, five o'clock on the dot. Right. <laughs> I am not ashamed. I think and I left I, there thinking yes. everyone should see a therapist. Every right. time I leave, Absolutely. I'm like, I wish everyone could experience this because even if your mental health is immaculate or if it's, you know, not as good. Right. Mm-hmm. Therapy helps yes. anyone. You, it's, it's really good to just have a person to pour into. Especially yes. a person that's knowledgeable. This is their field. They exactly. know. They're going to provoke. And they're not they're gonna prov- Yes, they're going to ask you questions that kind of make you challenge yourself. Like It makes you uncomfortable. It makes yeah. you extremely uncomfortable, but in the but best there way. there is growth in being uncomfortable. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Right. In the best way. One of my sessions previously, y'all, yeah. mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, I feel naked. It's okay sitting in. I'm like, girl. Yeah, it's tough. And one of the questions I want to ask you guys is, why do you think there's such a stigma about mental health in black families? Like, what what is it about our culture that you feel like is hindering us from really taking it in and 
accepting because honestly being transparent I had just had a family situation and without getting into too much detail mm -hmm. you know I had a cousin kind of gotten a altercation with another family member but that cousin has been you know dealing with a lot of stuff mm -hmm. internally too and talking to my aunties his mom and talking to my cousins they're all like man yeah he has anger issues or yeah they blow oh my it God. you know yes. what I'm saying it, it, okay. they blow it off that. as a you know it he'll be all good he'll be over it and then I have another aunt decide he just need to take his medicine and I'm just right. like what? even though he might need to take his medicine more therapy y'all we yeah. should be encouraging having more of a conversation because obviously whatever it is, whatever is making him lash out or whatever the case may be, it's, it's coming from it not, yeah, it's, it's, going it's like, I feel like he's almost screaming inside of him. Exactly. Like he has so much he wants to say. Mm -hmm. And you know, I try my best to be that cousin and let him know like, Hey, talk to me now. Like I'm telling <laughs> you I'm here, What's going on? but I do understand that everybody's experience is different because he's not quite yet having that. Even though me and him are super close, that's still right. such a touchy topic for it him can be really hard at first. so a question that i would ask you guys is a person like me or other people like me how can when we feel like there's nothing to do what what is it so that we can remind that person i'm here you know what i'm saying because sometimes you guys might want space or may not want what is it that we can better assist or what can people do to help assist their friends and families that's dealing with that well first um you asked some great questions. Yeah, <laughs> those are really first, good. I, I would like to touch on the to first question you asked, and then I'm going to bring it back around. Right. Um, as far as stigmas in the black community, I feel like everyone knows this. Um, African Americans have long-term, like long-since faced traumatic events. Yes. On a greater magnitude than I feel like. Anybody, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, okay, you know, and they're, I mean, just minorities in general. Like, we have experienced so much trauma and this goes back for generations yes. all like i mean we've always dealt with trauma so i feel like we were just kind of coached to internalize that pain mm -hmm. and that Still trauma right whereas if someone who is white they're stressed it's i'm not gonna say they're not built for it but it's just like they oh my god i need to figure out how to help now like yeah. if you look in the even in the mental health community a lot of white um, people, although, of course, anybody can struggle with, you know, accepting their disorder. Right. They do have the parents who are like, oh, my God, let's get you on medicine. Let's take you here. Let's do this. Yes. They, therapist it's like, here. Yes. Therapist here. It. Even before the disorder, you, that, you have they put their children in therapy at what? Six years so, old? So young. Like, let's be honest. So young. They and do. Then, and then as black families, what do we do? Because growing up, yeah. we would look at them like, oh, my oh, God, you put right. them kids in there. Now right. growing up. I'm looking and I'm like, wow. Maybe I should have been, been in there. there. <laughs> or, you know, I should have been there with you. me through a bunch of traumatic things that I experienced as a child. Yeah. I wish that I would have had that. Because sometimes, especially as a child, you don't want to talk to your parents like you that. Because right. as a child, depending on what you say, you're going to get ridiculed for mm -hmm. it. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And as kids, sometimes talking to another, you know, your other peer, they're young. They might not know what you to tell you. You might need to talk to you your need, parents. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like therapy... I don't fault any parent that does that. And I'm two claps to the parents who, do, who are no, not seriously. afraid and who don't, you know, judge themselves. Or I feel like parents think that they're a bad parent if they have to ask or for Or you help. know what else? You know what else? You know what what happens saying? in this house stays in this house. Yes. What happens in and this family stays in this family. It's kind of like, right. it's a thing. It's a real thing. Right. Like, secrecy. With, I'm <laughs> telling you. Well, it's sis, like, look, that secret is stopping you from growing and healing. So get yes, help. Period. Exactly. Let's stop it's holding you back. Yeah. Absolutely. And, I mean, that's just how I feel about it. I feel like we are taught, like, as a culture, get over it. 
We are tired. Move on. Be strong. You know, get over it. We've heard it so many times. Right. Or, you know, just you just need to pray. Or, oh, you just, you know, you being too soft. Like, Mm, it's, oh, God, I can go on for days about this, but I'm going to come bring it to an end. But, yeah, that's just how I feel about that. I feel like that's why it's so hard for the black community or just minorities in general to accept that. And for my friends and family, um, this is really going to be really personal for me because not everybody has the same, you know, Mm -hmm. need the same thing as other people. For me, I don't like that person that's always like you okay you okay you okay <laughs> yeah like but that's just because like i have this i call it the superhero complex i oh, okay. feel like i can do it myself mm-hmm. i don't need help i got this so you struggle like, with asking for help oh girl it. what what <laughs> i struggle with right. asking for help so it's like for me someone being like over me i feel like i'm getting babysat like i just don't like yeah, it and right. that's unfortunate i'm working on that but for me but i can see how that you know how you, how you, how yeah, you know you me. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I'm literally the opposite. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I don't, I don't know how, how. Like, I'm the opposite. Reassurance is, is yeah. the word for me. Right. Like, how can they help? Reassurance. Constantly communication. Constant telling, communication. Yeah. Reassurance. Consistency. Because mm-hmm. for me, because my anxiety is so high, which is one of the many things I deal with. Right. As soon as something's off. Like the smallest change, you start to worry. I worry. Yeah. So consistency, reassurance, you know right. that those are the words for me. I'm complete opposite. Like, yeah. ask me if I'm okay because sometimes Next. it is hard to talk mm-hmm. about if you're okay or not. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's not okay. Well, yeah. So it's not that I just want to be abandoned, but <laughs> it's more so you like people, right? I like I, I like love people. people, but for me, uh, and it's simple as love language. My yeah. love language is Mine's physical. Mine's words of affirmation, so I would see. Yes, Mine's y'all physical ahead. touch and um, quality time. Okay. Same. Literally, mine's physical hey. touch and quality time. For me, it could be as simple as if I'm having a down day and I text you and say, hey, you want to go get coffee? You want to watch a movie? Yes. Hey, let's do facial masks and wine. That is mm. me reaching out to you. Yeah. Um, but okay. when you so meet, you don't, So basically, that. you're yeah. saying you don't have to be so outspoken as it's more so, yeah. let's hang out. This is my, my moment yeah. to kind of Yeah, and just you being it. with me. Complete opposite. <laughs> yeah, no, just you being with me, I might not even talk about what was going on. Right, but you, but you just helped. coming over company, yeah. and watching mm-hmm. the movie, going for the walk with me, going right. boxing with me. Right. Like, I just feel like 10 times better. Like, that right. was how you helped me. When mm-hmm. you were there for me, when you might not have known it, but you were just there. So let's talk about the pros and cons to that. Because Sydney, you're saying you're more the one that's going to be outspoken. I'm very outspoken. <laughs> like it. if something, if I'm not doing that well, like, and I think I've I've learned this growing up, like dealing with this, right? Like my as as my journey has been going on dealing with these uh, mental illnesses, right? I have to be outspoken. I have to let you know what it is. Mm. I have to let you know I'm not doing okay because right. I learned the hard way if I don't mm. and I keep it in. As y'all have seen in the past, as my sisters, Mm. it can spiral. I can spiral. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, I have to be vocal. Like, hey, I'm not doing so hot. I'm not in a good place right now. I need you. But, I mean, I can see how your way works as well because it's the same thing without you Mm. speaking and saying it. But I have to say it because if I hold it in, it builds up. So speaking of being outspoken, both of you ladies have kind of – birthed your own type of <laughs> um, your own type of outlet i know mm. sydney you're now considered a book writer yes, Yay. An author, Thank you. and Thank um you. i know you've also founded an organization on our campus phoenix yes. 
Tierra, you have Articulate. Talk about how both of those um, have helped you as far as your growth and how it's been an outlet for you dealing with all this. Well, actually, um, so yeah, I am the VP of Articulate, which is a poetry club here on campus. So another way I guess I would be outspoken or vo- like vocalizing that is I write poetry. Mm. And, and how's that been um, for you? It, like, I mean, I don't even know what else to say. Like, it's, <laughs> I just, it's you know, everything. it's everything. Like, and the crazy part is, is I have people all the time, they hear my poem and they're like, can you share that? Can you, <laughs> can you get on, can you perform? And it's just like, for me, it's my coping mechanism. It's yeah. my right. so it's release. So it's not even something to really just no. perform. It's like, it's literally, get this like. Out. It's, just, <laughs> yeah. it's just me getting it out. And sometimes, when I don't have the words to say, I'll just read you a poem. I do that with my mom. I do that with my close friends. I'll Aww. say, hey, I wrote a new poem. You want to hear it? Yeah. I'll read it to them. And because they're that's how I talk to them, in that sense, they'll go, okay, well, girl, you just dropped this, this, and this. So what's up? <laughs> yeah. Like, what's, what's going on? Yeah. Know. So yeah. for me, my poetry is me telling you what's wrong. Yeah. When, when you hear it, and I love it because the it allows me to be vulnerable but it also gives me like a cover in a yeah, sense. Yeah, like it shields you. Yeah, mm-hmm. like and yeah. I, I, my poetry is very. I use so many metaphors. Like yeah, you right. know, I, like I tell people all the time, like because it's even the same with music because poetry is just music. Right, it music. is. You know, yeah. what I'm saying? it's really just music without all the recording and all that kind of stuff. But I tell people sometimes I don't know what to say, but I could write a song explaining right. it. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> it's, it's just how like, you express yourself. Yeah, like, yeah. I you get in that creative mode, it's mm. just so much easier for those authentic, true feelings to come out. Yeah. But yeah. back to it. Okay, so, Sid, how has <laughs> Phoenix and book writing, how has it helped you grow? Girl, girl, it's been pros and cons. So okay. let Tell me, me let's it. hit the cons first. Okay. Writing that book, the journal slash book. I like to say journal slash book because it's not that long. Right. And it has journal entries in it. Um, it was hard because it was like reliving all of those emotions while mm. I was writing it. Like I even yeah. had to like talk to my therapist about it. She was like, you have to give yourself downtime while you're doing this project. Right. Because it can resurface those feelings from different traumas with, yeah. and mm-hmm. different things that you dealt with. That's the only, you know, con that came of that, which I worked through. But the pros, mm. I am so, so happy to be a voice, like, for the mental health and mm. mental illness community. Like, I I wanted to write something like that for years. Right. And I want to write another one. So what, what, what is it, right, what was it that lookout. sparked it up? Right. What was it that sparked it up in you? Yeah. Like, you know what, I got to write this book now. Honestly, Janaya, I couldn't tell you. you I just was, had I just was just like, God. Just yes, yeah, literally, I, say, yeah. I was like, you know what? It's time. Yeah. It's about that time. Like, right. I need to go for it. Right. Because I am really good, and this might be part of, I don't know if this is part of the anxiety, the bipolar, the right. PTSD, whatever you call it. I'm good at talking myself out of doing stuff because of fear. And I didn't want to do that. Mm. And I was like, you know what? Fear can hold you back. It really oh, yeah, can. It can. It really can. Yeah. It really can. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Right. <laughs> it's Let's time. Do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, excuse my language. No. But, right, excuse we my French. <laughs> on the flavor in your ear. Apple knows that this is an explicit podcast. So. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. So, I was like, it's time to share this. And I've had, like, someone I work with, their daughter deals with the exact same stuff I do. And they mm-hmm. read my book. And they were like, that was such a good book. I experienced the exact same things. And I'm so wow. glad she wrote That's it. That's always the beautiful part I about like, speaking. Wow. When you know, like, you yeah. know what? I reached somebody who was feeling exactly. it. Exactly. You know like, it's not I just really about me. It's like, 
Yeah. And that's what I want to do. Like, I really want to help those that deal with similar things and let them know, like, mm-hmm. they're not alone. That's the main the main reason behind my book as well. Like, you're right. not alone. People deal with this other than you. Like, right. you can get through this, and this is how I've gotten through it, how I Your testimony. struggled. Yeah. Your testimony. Yeah. It's my testimony. And I was going to ask you guys two questions. Number one, what would you say to someone who – is dealing with mental health and maybe it's new for them. They don't know. What would you, what would you do to encourage them? And second, what would you say to somebody who doesn't believe mental health is a thing who mm. refuses to, to believe it, who think you can kind of just pray it away? What, <laughs> Honestly, what would you say to them? I'm just going to attack the second question real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Go, ahead. go for it. Go first. for it. Hit okay. it. <laughs> well, basically you don't believe in it. I would say is lung cancer fake? Mm. I would say is breast cancer fake? Is breast cancer fake? It's just it's real and serious as physical illnesses. That's fact. It is that's it true. affects you in many ways just like and it affects you physically as well. It can. Yeah, that's like true. everybody it deals can. with it differently, but it really can affect you physically as well. So I would question their beliefs on that. Like, so if this that's isn't good. real, right. then how do you how is cancer real? How, you know is anything else? Anything yeah. else medical real? How is um I lost the name for it and you gotta take you got to diabetes, yep. Alzheimer's, all that. <laughs> diabetes yeah. really just left my head. But how is yeah. diabetes real? Just like you have to take your insulin, you take your medicine for the chemical imbalance in your brain. Right. Like it's a real thing. That's true. So what would you, you what, what would you say since we attacked attack the second, second question? question. What would you okay. say to well, for me, um, <laughs> I've always looked at it like this. Um, kind of like you said, you mm-hmm. used the perfect example. I feel like a lot of people in the mental health community, that's the most relatable. Um, but for me, I feel like, it's like, look at it like this. Just if someone hurt your feelings, if someone broke your heart, just because maybe you can't see the physicality of the pain doesn't, doesn't mean, mean it's, it's not, not there. Yes. Right. Just because you can't see my chemical imbalance doesn't mean it's not there. Because I promise you, a heart, you're, you know, getting your heart broken or having someone hurt you and the pain you feel from that, maybe you can't, you can't put a band aid on it. Maybe you can't go to a hospital for it, you know, but it's still hurts it still affects you it still Mm -hmm. shapes you as a person Mm -hmm. so just because maybe you can't see it does not make it any less real that's That's how i feel about it that's good okay question number one what would you say to somebody who's battling mental health right now they're trying to find themselves Mm -hmm. they don't know they're lost what encouraging words that maybe you've taken and something you would like to tell Mm -hmm. them to stay encouraged well one of the things that really helped me and this is just personally um, I'm gonna answer in two parts. The first part would definitely be my faith. Mm, I wouldn't yeah. be who I am, where I am without my faith in God and That's his good. help. That's good. Um, and the second part I would say, again, remember you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Like I would encourage you to reach out to someone you trust, even if even if it's hard for you to like say it, shoot, write it down and say, Hey, I wrote this. Yeah. Like, can you look at it? You know, that might sound silly, but if it's easier anyway, than, yeah, anyway. anyway that- Right. I would say to reach out to someone and really consider therapy because, yes, like we said earlier, therapy is magic. Yep, mm-hmm. <laughs> therapy is magic. Um, for me, um, <clears throat> for me, like I said, I, I've always struggled, and that's just my whole life. Like my sisters can tell you, I was the nerd. I was, you know, I just do it all, doing any and everything, just to say I, you know, I did that. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I've always struggled with the superhero complex. I don't like being vulnerable, as I said earlier. So for me, my biggest lesson through this has been it's okay to not be okay. Right. That's it's true. okay. And I feel like a lot of people, you you know, you have those people where if they're having a bad day, they'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll know because of the way they act. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like for me, <laughs> yep. 
it's almost like I didn't want people to see that I was having a bad day. I didn't want people to know that, oh, she gets angry too. She, you know, mm-hmm. I was so, you know, almost like a perfect patty type. And right. it's, just, it's so dangerous to be like that because. Yeah. Because nobody's perfect. Nobody's Everybody perfect. Has and it's okay for with. you to not be okay. It's okay for you to have a bad day. It's okay for, you know, you to have a good day. Like, right. embrace the highs, embrace the lows. And I would just say, um, you know, I don't know, just, I don't know. I just, like I said, it's okay to not be okay. And I just feel like a lot of people with mental disorders, they struggle with accepting that part of themselves and they struggle with accepting that they need to reach out and get help and they struggle with accepting i need to take medicine for this or i need to see go to therapy for this or even group therapy or write about it right you know and it's all just this fear of you don't want to seem less than Mm -hmm. or you don't want to seem less human yeah yeah. or like oh my god now i had now this is wrong with me right like Mm -hmm. oh nobody wants to admit that they have something wrong yeah and accept as soon as you accept it and embrace it, you will grow from it. And right. I'm not gonna lie, one of the things I still struggle with, and even though we preach it's okay not to be okay, sometimes it's hard to remember that. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. girl, why. what? Absolutely. What? Like, right. Especially like if I get to a point where I'm doing really well, and then I start to feel myself dip into an episode, then it's I'm like, like oh lord, yeah. right, here we go again. Here we go. But <laughs> right. I, that kind of gave me fire under my butt to start Phoenix on at UNCG when I was there. Right. Because I saw that, like, when I went to Leadership, you know, the the um, leadership institution. Right. It's something UNCG did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, I saw that me talking about that stuff helped other people talk about their issues. Right. So I was like, I'm going to start this organization. And then from starting that, other people came forward and started talking about things that um, mm-hmm. bothered them or things yeah. that they dealt with. So I feel like even though it can be hard to remember that it's okay not to be okay, that one of the main things takeaways like you're not alone. Like other right. people are struggling with they really, you. Yeah, they go right. hand in hand. You're yeah. not alone, and it's okay mm-hmm. to not be okay. Right, yeah. and yeah. one thing I would like to say, just as much as I believe you're blessed to be a blessing, I feel like you're hurt or you might go through things just to help you know, or help it easier for another person. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. even though the battle is yourself, it's you, you know, dealing with it spiritually, emotionally, physically, whatever form, just know there's somebody out there that literally needs to hear your testimony. They need to hear that story. So I'm so thankful that you ladies came today. It was so many good gems dropped. Like, y'all, this was, oh my gosh, this was amazing. (laughs) But, before we leave, I want you guys to drop your social media again. If you guys have anything coming up, Sid, I know your book is on Amazon, so go yes. ahead and plug your book in so that they can purchase that. But yeah, let's go ahead and tell the people All a little right. bit about well, what you got going Sid on. Sid here. My book on Amazon is Beautiful Scars. You can find it if you type Beautiful Scars Sydney. Mm-hmm. It'll pop up, and the cover has sunflowers on it, which is a painting I also did. Yes. Um, <laughs> my social media, my Instagram is the sweetest Sid. All right, T. All right, so when when did I not have anything? No, no, let me stop. Um, yeah, <laughs> like I, I said, right. Um, I would just say, you know, uh, I'm T. Check out Articulate on campus. If um, it's a really great. We recently just had a networking night, actually. Um, yes, and dope. we had it was really dope. We had a lot of creatives. So you know, if you're looking for somewhere to express your art, um, Articulate on UNCG's campus would love to have you. And again, my IG is she is golden no <laughs> underscores no periods no z for the s she, she is, is golden because i am 
Okay. Like, this is gold. Okay. Period. Period. <laughs> and before we leave off as well, I wanted to do my research because I know whoever's listening to this. First of all, I don't know whoever listens to this, but I mm-hmm. hope that it encourages whoever. But I did want to put the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number on here mm-hmm. just in case somebody is listening to this and they're thinking, you know what? I need help. I may not can talk to my friends or family. Call this number 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. And um, NAMI. NAMI is um, a mental health organization. I'm sure we both know about that. (laughs) Check them out. They do support groups. They do therapy. They do counseling. Um, There's definitely a NAMI chapter or what would would it be called? Yeah, a NAMI Mm -hmm. chapter where you are. So just search NAMI, N-A-M-I. And um, they have so many great resources on their website. Yes, thank you for that plug-in. All right, ladies, so you already know, for this week's Artist of the Week, this one right here is called Wilderness by Mozam, and this is a different sound, y'all. This right here is a funky little gospel track. So go ahead and check them out. See you guys next week. Bless me. Show your show.